0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Today we're going to be in John chapter 17, and I want to get started and tell you a little bit with a story about my brother. My brother's name is Ryan. He's a little bit older than I am. This will be relevant. Uh, here's a picture of my, my brother and his family. Of course, he's, he's the guy. Okay, so it's a the brother there, baseball cap. Um... What, what do I want to say about uh, Ryan? He's a little bit older than I am. He uh, is—he's actually in a, uh, I think, a spiritual growth spurt. He's been a Christian for quite some time, but he just seems to be in this season of growing as a Christian. The other thing about him is he's a car guy, so he's got several like antique and classic cars. He, here's a picture. He is also the pre- he just took over a position as the President of the El Paso—I don't know the title—the El Paso Car Club for guys and gals that own Hudson classic antique cars, something like that. That's a really long title. That's not the right title. So he's that. Can you kind of picture? He's that kind of a guy and all that, that stuff. Well, here's why I'm talking about my brother. About a month ago, as the Christmas season was approaching. One of his other car people friends, we'll just call him Ned because I don't know his name, because my brother was telling me the story. So Ned was talking about Christmas and they were dialoguing, I think, about a holiday party, a Christmas party. And Ned kept referring to Christmas with an X, you know, Xmas. And so my brother, who's kind of on the spiritual growth spurt, interjected into the conversation with the guy we're calling Ned. And said, Ned, somehow, I don't know exactly, but he said, he said, I just said, Ned. So, so he said, it's about Jesus and it's called Christmas. So it was, you know, like getting a little God in there. And so then here's what happened. So Ned, we don't know his motivation, but apparently, maybe Ned was like, okay, Mr. Christian, Christian, Christian. Because when the holiday party happened, Ned called out my brother and said, well, when the people were gathering to eat, and he basically said to my brother, yeah, Ryan, hey, why don't you pray before we eat at the car club party? And just so you know, I don't think the prayer at the car club thing was a normal, like that's not what they do in El Paso. No, it wasn't about it Does that make sense? So, and the, the point, my brother was telling me about being on the spot and praying out loud in front of all these people. And he was like scared and excited. And so he was talking and I could tell he was like, I don't know what to do. Have you ever been there? We're like someone, in fact, does anybody want to be there now? How many of you have never prayed out loud in front of anyone? Raise your hand. Okay, I'm going to call on someone. See? No. Some of you are like, wait, whoa. So he had that feeling, but he prayed. And uh, by the end of this story, I just was telling him, man, that was awesome. That's a great prayer. He was like, I don't know if I did very well. It was a great prayer. Way to go. And what I was excited about and and just encouraged was that he was taking his faith and he was applying it and and participating in it in the real world. Right? Just in the real world world. I still remember the first time someone asked me to pray out loud in public. I don't think I'll ever forget. Cuz it was intense and scary and but I'm glad I did. Let me tell you another potentially defining moment for me uh, when my belief in Jesus and my decision to say I'm a Christian impacted a real world experience. Now, Just a warning, part of this story, I'm going to use the word sex. Some of you did start to pay attention. Wait, wait, did he just say, yeah, okay. So anyway, I I became a Christian when I was 20. And before I was a Christian, I wasn't a Christian. Some of you don't get that. Um, So at this point, I'm probably 20, 21 years old. And I was in a serious spiritual growth spurt. And I was at a park, and I was hanging out, and I was in a casual conversation with a young lady that I had just met. A couple things about the conversation. It was a fairly flirty conversation. I think she was flirting with me. She must have been challenged in some way, but she was um, (laughs) flirting with me. And here's the other thing. She was really uh, attractive. So we were talking, and and, uh, I, because I had become a Christian, I started talking about God and And I, you know, told her, I don't remember the specifics, this part, but, you know, I said, oh, yeah, I became a Christian and this and that. And uh, at that point, I was serving heavily in a church and leading some things in a church. And uh, when I started to talk this much about God and uh, the fact that I was uh, a leader at a church, she stopped the conversation and she said this. She said, so, like, does this mean that you don't have sex? No, she didn't do that, but, but it was like that thing, and you know what happened to me at 21 years old when that, when somebody said, my brain started going, <laughs> it was like this crazy thing, and I, but I still remember and I think God was just with me and jumped into the conversation because I still remember this very specifically. And in the midst of... I went... And I settled in and I went, yeah, that's what that means. And it was a defining moment for me because I was, gonna dec- I was deciding my walk with God is going to affect my everyday life. Does that make sense? So that, to bring up a question for us all, how am I doing at Christianity in everyday life? Ask yourself that. How am I doing? Most of Christianity is not about what's going on here in this hour we call church, you guys. And just to be clear, God's master plan 2,000 years ago when he sent Jesus into the world, right? Jesus, I'm going to send you into the world. And you're going to be born of a virgin. You're going to endure 30 years in a very imperfect world, but you're going to be perfect, sinless the whole time. You're going to eat, do all that. Then you're going to go through three years of very ministry that's going to make you so tired that you can't even believe it. There so many times where Jesus was just tired, tired, and engaged, and it was difficult. And then at the end of that ministry, he was going to get the snot kicked out of him, beaten up, finally hung on a cross, die, He's going to be dead for three days, raised from the grave. God's entire plan to put Jesus through all that was not just because God looked down from heaven and thought, I want some people who will take an hour a week and go to church. That's not the gospel. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. In Deuteronomy, I think it's 6, 5, 6, seven. Um, It's talking about passing the faith, the understanding of Jesus, the relationship with God, or with, with God our Father. It's talking about passing that on to your children and the commands of God. And it says, talk about them when you sit at home. When you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, it's the reality. It's not just to talk about them when you're at church. I'll give you one more in John 14, 17. Jesus is teaching about the Holy Spirit. It says to the followers of Jesus, you know him. He will be with you and will be in you. And that's not just a visitation, like he'll visit you every once in a while. He's going to live in us as Christians all the time. Now, that's good news if you're like me, because I need God in all of my life. Not just the, the churchy stuff. I was thinking of some of the things that I'm walking through now in my life, and I'm still struggling just a little bit with my, uh, my mom passed away. Uh, six months ago. That's a thing. My wife and I are trying to figure out how to be empty nesters. My son's going to get married in two months. We've been trying to replace a vehicle on limited income with other vehicle, and it's just been this thing. It's been try- I think we got it finished, but it's been a thing. Uh, yeah, uh, Saturday morning yesterday, a young man officially asked me if he could date my youngest daughter. I said, No! No, I didn't. That was a joke. But that's going on. I got somewhere between four and five New Year's resolutions that I'm trying to figure out because it's a new year. You know what? Here's the deal. All of that stuff is happening in the real world. That's not here. This is the easy part. Great, bro. Like, church is the easy part. I have not been flipped off one time in the last hour. Really? And y'all are nice. I can hear you say hi. They say hi. Like this is the easy part. I right now, my temptation level is really low right now because we're all, it's out there that we need God and should be engaging with God. Okay, so hold that. Hold those thoughts. We're kicking off a series called The 167, and that is a reference to the 167 hours a week we're not doing church for an hour. There are 168 hours in every week. We're going to talk about the 167. How do you be a Christian? How do you connect with God? How do you have the Holy Spirit's power in your life out there? And uh, we're going to talk about things like having God in the midst of work and our uh, professional responsibilities and romance and our leisure time. And we're going to kick it off with what I've decided is our theme verse. One verse out of John 17, where Jesus is praying for the disciples. So this is a prayer for us, if you're a follower of Jesus. And here's what he says. He says, my prayer is not, this is a prayer to the Father. He's talking to God, the Father. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. And I've got two principles to kick off the series on how it's going to help us be Christians in the real world. All right? So before we uh, write a few things down and think about them, some things, would you stand with me? We're going to pray. Not just about today. Great probe, stand. Not just about today, but about the next, like, six weeks. So let's pray. Father, some of us have been trying hard to do this for a long time. Some of us. This will be a new, a phenomenal new season where you'll be closer than ever. In all of it, this is just one prayer of big invitation. We want you in our lives in every aspect. Please increase that over the next six weeks, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Get ready to write a couple things down. The first thing I want to talk about is a key to the Christian life in the real world, and the first one is this. Christian life in the real world requires settling in, I'm sorry, into our present situations. I don't know if that's a great way to say it, but it really caught my attention in the first half of the verse. Jesus' prayer was not that you take them out of the world. Like it, and that was a little bit surprising to me because I tend to think. Sometimes I think we think, well, if Jesus had His way, in the midst of all that world stuff, like Jesus would say, "Oh no, get out of that!" But He said, "No, Father, don't pray. I'm praying that don't take them out of the world." Now it helps a little bit to know this: uh, what the the word "world" means in this text. There's a couple different words for world or worldly things. Uh, in In the original language, sometimes it means world and it 's the carnal or the worst part of the it 's the fleshy part of the world, the temptation. This word is more of a broad word it 's cosmos and it's it 's the ordered systems of the world, and it 's not far from like just the stuff that we all have to do every day. It's the system of you got to get up and you have to eat, and then you—most of us, you know—have jobs and we have to take care of our finances, and we're in relation. It's—it's it's that designed system, and Jesus says, "I'm not asking you, Father, that you take them out of that stuff." And that was a little surprising to me, because sometimes I have thought—I guess maybe wrongly—that Jesus doesn't care about that stuff. What does Jesus care about? He cares about mission trips. Right? That's what Jesus cares. If you want to talk to God about something, talk to him about a mission trip. Or he, he cares about praying. Or he cares about singing songs to him. He, prays a prayer. he cares about offerings. He cares about, well, maybe sometimes he cares if, it, if your situation's really difficult. Or if you, he cares about the poor. He cares about that. But what I want to say, the truth is, God also cares about lunch. The story in Matthew where they ran out of food and people were hungry. So what does he do? He does this whole miracle thing, arguably for lunch. He cares about lunch. He cares about uh, romantic relationships. In a few weeks, I'm going to do a talk on, like, God in the midst of romance and dating and that stuff. He cares about that. There are multiple teachings in the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about marriage. There are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that talk about finances. He cares about that stuff. He cares about legal things. In Matthew five, twenty-five, he says, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. He goes on to talk about a judge, and if you read farther in the verse, he talks about a an police officer in jail, and he cares about those things. If you have not thought about this, most of Jesus' miracles and teachings were outside of the synagogue. Most He did some things in the synagogue. Most of it was out on a mountainside, or when he's walking down a road, or it's out there in the real world. Um, Just a little theology for you. I remember back in a... uh, I took a couple seminary classes, did some Bible college stuff, and I remember when they were teaching us that the Western mindset... Typically separates the spiritual life from the physical life. That's kind of how we have been taught. And so, and we do this a lot. We say, Well, how you doing spiritually? And we would separate that out from how you're doing, you know, physically. But in the Hebrew mind and in, in biblical thinking, there is not a separation between those two. Life is not your spiritual life and your 167 hours a week. Life is just Life. Does that make sense? So that can be really helpful, and especially when we talk about engaging with God and Him being engaged with us all the time. There is no difference. It's all just life. When Jesus came, and if you've heard the term salvation, people talk about Jesus came to bring salvation to us. He didn't come to bring us spiritual salvation, separate from physical salvation. It's it, he came to bring salvation, which is for all of life and in His thinking, and mind, it's just all the same thing. Why am I doing this? I don't know, but it's an illustration to put together. (laughs) Here, you you can write this in, because God wants to be involved in all of it. Jesus prayed, leave us in the world, because he plans to be involved in the world, our world. That's the point. In Psalm 139, it's a great psalm, and it talks about God and says that he is familiar with all my ways, all of your ways. Let me try to interject a practical thing that you may want to practice. I've been doing this for a while. I'm, I think I'm getting better at it. It's, uh, I'm calling it a here I am Lord prayer. And every once in a while, I'll just do this. And it's, by the way, Old Testament, there's different settings where a, a, an individual pray, here I am, Lord. Um, New Testament, guy named Ananias, God speaks, and he says, here I am, Lord. So it's the idea of every once in a while just interjecting that into your day, whatever you're doing. Here I am, Lord, driving. And just see, you know, here, I, here I am, Lord, shopping. Here I am, Lord. This was two nights ago. Here I am, Lord, looking for my phone. Here I am, Lord, wishing the ringer was on. Have you ever been there? Here I am, Lord, wondering if I activated the Find My Phone app thing. It's just this here I am, Lord, doing this thing, whatever it is. You know, here. uh, uh, here I am, Lord. And by the way, it can be the here I am, Lord, feeling kind of tired. Or here I am, Lord, a little sad. Here I am, Lord, I am angry. Or feel lost or scared. Or here I am, Lord, I'm pumped. I'm celebrating, whatever, right? It's just this here I am, Lord. So before we finish this point, I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, you can fill in the blank and ask yourself this question, is there an area of life I could use more involvement from God? So first thing, you can write that in and begin to think about it. Is there an area of life that I could use more involvement from God? Think of your 167, 167 hours a week. Is there an area of life... The other thing, and this will be a stretch for some of us, I'm going to give you, we're going to try this, a one-minute discussion time. I want you to find somebody right next to you. It can be the person you came with or just turn around and talk about this question with them. Think, is there one area of life that you're thinking, I'd like God more involved in. Does that make sense? Some of you are freaking out because you're like, wait a minute, interaction? No, I'm not. Since what were you? You have one minute, you're at Grape Road, one minute to discuss that question with the people around you ready go one minute go You're almost halfway done. Let somebody else talk. One thing that comes to your mind, I need God involved in. Got 10 seconds. How's it going, Grape Road? Three, two, one. Awesome. Thanks for doing that, you guys. One more thing to help you engage a bunch with God over the next six weeks. In the seat back in front of you, one of these little wristbands should be there. That's for you. Grab that, and if you'd like, I've been wearing mine for four or five days now. And it's just a 160, it's the 167 wristband to just to remind us that God wants to be involved in our lives. If you turn it on the inside, we put the scripture in there that Jesus prayed that we would not be taken out of the world. So it's just practicing the presence of God. Okay, so the first idea was the Christian life in the real world requires settling into our present situations. I want to hit one more. Hang in there. It requires engaging in some protective measures. If you want to write out to the side, you could write down like strategies. And the basic idea is to have God, for us to be engaging with God 24-7 or the 167 hours outside of the church thing there's going to be challenges with that and we're going to have to figure out a strategy to persevere when it gets hard in the text jesus the second half of the verse i pray that you don't take them out of the world but then it says that you protect them from the evil one there are challenges in the midst of trying to live a vibrant all-day-long spiritual life Uh, a side note The the word evil one here, I'm not sure why translators, they're probably right because a bunch of smart people. I'm not sure why they translated it evil one. Most of the translations do. But it again is kind of a broader term. It's not the word for Satan or uh, the devil himself, which is a word like diablos, diabolos. It is uh, this word, I think we have it's this and it's the toilsome bad evil parts of life it this helped me it's the laborious trouble it's the inevitable agonies that go along with evil so if you connect hang in there if you connect that with this idea of cosmos the systems i think what it's saying is lord protect them from the inevitable agonies that just are going to happen in this life. Because we all can we all agree, at least sort of, the world system is not perfect and it's broken. And by nature, you go through any day, maybe you can make it through a day, you go through any week, and there's those struggles that are like, kind of, a, let me give you an example. A month ago, maybe a little over a month ago, I took three, three days to do something that's kind of enjoyable, enjoyable, but it's a lot of work for me. I was supposed to plan this year's preaching and teaching calendar, okay, this year, 2020. And so I went away, and I've been thinking, but I decided, okay, I've been thinking about this, pondering this, and I minimally had five hours, but it was probably more like seven, eight of just screen time trying to plan sermon topics and talks. And it was in like with what kind of classes. And, you know, so this for me is a big deal. I have to go away by myself. I'm alone. It's not a ton. And so I'm like, okay, so the first week we'll do this. And I'm finding scriptures. And I did all that stuff. And I had all this on a piece of paper. And it worked really hard. And I went to bed. I got up the next morning. And I went to pull up my... I had I had tentatively planned from January through August, and I got up, and I started looking for my document, and it was gone. And and by the way, I'm kind of an idiot, but not that much. I was saving the whole time because you know I've been down the, somewhere because I was a Google Docs or so. I it was gone. I called. Joel, guy on staff, because he knows a lot about computers. Uh, Joel. <laughs> and so he said, Well, you try this and so you can try that. I tried all of this. <laughs> and in that moment, if Joel had asked me, Mark, do you believe in God? I would have said, No. There is no God. I don't believe he's, I don't believe God. Do you believe he's good? No, I do not believe he's good. (laughs) I think that this is a horrible, mean trick to play on somebody, and I'm not even sure he exists. Does that make sense? I'm like, I am done. Mark, do you still want to be in ministry? No, I don't. (laughs) I'm going to go be a greeter at Walmart. Thank you very much. Because I will never, I didn't like all that stuff. So luckily, because of, you know, life and an hour and a half, two hours later, I became a Christian again. But I'll tell you, there's stuff like that 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 is just part of the broken system that every once in a while it'll happen. And by the way, you will go through something, chances are, some of us in the next six weeks or this week, it's a lot worse than just losing some documents. Just hard stuff that will make you go, is he here? Does he care? And so part of the idea for the next six weeks is to... We're going to have to have a strategy to get us through those times. Uh, You can write this in. Jesus knew the real world would be very difficult, so he prayed to the Father for divine help. Jesus knew the real world would be very difficult, so he prayed to the Father for divine help for us. For you and I. Just to note, next week, di- just regarding this uh, spiritual battle that we will be in if we fully engage with God, the topic next week is battle ready. I'm going to try to talk, I'm, I'm going to be teaching on a spiritual posture for everyday life. How do you get through everyday life. I, I hope I'll work really hard. I hope I won't lose the document as I'm working on it. And, and, uh, but that, I think it'll be really applicable. Good for you. Great time to invite a friend. Cause how many of you know, all of our friends are dealing with the same stuff we're dealing with. Invite them to church. Might change a life. Um, we're about ready to close. Let me give you just one more thing that might help you. A couple things. When you came in the auditorium, Uh, you received a card. You should have received a card. Every week for the next five or six weeks while we're doing the series, we're going to be handing out these uh, 167 uh, challenge cards. And basically it gives us an assignment every day if you'd like to participate to help us be engaging with God. I thought this was a phenomenal idea. And you can do it with the card. We'll pass them out every week. The other thing is, I think this is really cool. You can text right now, you can grab your phone and text 167 to that number, and that will sign you up for the next six weeks. Every, or every morning, you'll get a, hey, here's an idea for today to keep God in the midst of your regular day life. Uh, and I think that number, is the number on here? Yes, the text reminders is on here too, so you don't have to get that done right now. (laughs) I'm excited. I can use this. I need help, and I want God to be part of my everyday life, and so there we go. Why don't you stand? We're going to pray. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.